Amen. Um, well, uh, I was um, so so much greatness ha- taking place. I'm trying to just think. I first want to say thank you to everybody for all your love, all your cards, all your flowers, everything. I appreciate it from the bottom, the middle, all around my heart. God is good. I don't know who came up with Pastor Appreciation Day, but thank you. Amen. You're the reason why, you know, uh, you're the reason that or the motive that keeps us going to do what the Lord has called us. And I want to thank everyone that is a part of this house to see into it that the vision and the mission of this house is fulfilled. And as we can see, there's a lot of fruit that is taking place. The lost is being saved. Lives are being transformed. And so give yourselves a hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I don't take it lightly, you know, that you take the time to do something. Um, everything was so beautiful. Praise the Lord. I, uh, and I, we had, you know, the, 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 the ministry helps had a meeting today. And I was kind of eavesdropping a little bit. And I thought, the fall festival is next week. This Sunday. My goodness. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. It's just time is going by really fast. I'm excited uh, for that. I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to come, a lot of people that are going to be impacted. You know, we have a lot of fun on our our yearly uh, annual fall festival. But most importantly, that is a time to invite and to reach out. Uh, so that your, you know, your family, your friends that maybe won't just come to a regular service, but you say, hey, we're going to have a fall festival. Come join us. And then you are the reason why they come, you know, and their lives are never the same in Jesus' name. Because you already know when they walk into this place, their lives are never going to be the same. Do you believe that? Say amen. So I'm excited about that. I know the Lord is going to do wonderful things on that day. So I want to encourage you, share the flyer. Take the time to call about five or ten people invite them send out a reminder and if they need you to pick them up go get them praise the lord hallelujah nobody said amen to that but okay praise the lord or pay for an uber that's the easiest thing right pay for an uber for them on the way here and on the way back praise the lord anyways um hallelujah and so um glory to god so we obviously there's no service it's going to be a whole day thing and but be here amen Take the time to fellowship. Take, take the time to know one another, greet one another. There's also a moment where we take the time to just kind of, you know, fellowship. And just uh, there's probably people that have been coming that you have not uh, gotten a chance to speak to. That's a great time for you to go greet people. Amen. Amen. Go hang out. Glory to God. You know who's really good about that? Brother Gabriel. I always hear, man, Brother Gabriel, Brother Gabriel. And, you know, that's great, Brother Gabriel. Hallelujah. And so um, I also, um, brother, we have evangelist, Pastor Ted Shuttlesworth. So come on, set those days aside and come and just get saturated in the word of God and in the presence of God. If you've never been to any of his services, they're life changing. They're lives changing. And so I want to encourage you uh, to make it a point to come. That's going to be the last uh a week of October, uh, going into the first to the first few days of uh, November, from uh, uh, Monday through Friday. So glory to God! Who's excited about that? Hallelujah! Who's in great expectancy for those for those services? And you know, I I was uh, messaging Brother Tiff Shuttlesworth, and he said since greetings just right before I came to service, and so uh, he says he would love to be with us, but uh, you know, I already know that there's a uh, 
you know, he's president of the college and he's uh, really involved there that it doesn't permit him to go out. And I mentioned him because he, he did his a service this morning at the church, I believe that he attends. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe it is. And uh, he was he he spoke this morning on what on the Bible prophecy and on what's taking place in regards to Israel. It's called Charleston Church. So I you need to go listen to to uh, that message that he shared or he spoke uh, this morning. You know, a brother Tiff Shuttlesworth is probably the most trustworthy voice of uh, uh, end-time prophecy that I know personally. And so I want to encourage you to go and to listen to that message I did in between services, and, it, and it'll bring a lot of clarity, a lot of understanding as to the days that we're living in and what does all that mean because, you know, it, you hear ministers even say, I don't care what's going on. I don't care about the news. All I care is about this. No, well, the Bible tells us that we need to be aware of the signs of the times. We can't just dig our heads in the sand. You know, the things that are taking place shows us what's going on. And so I want to encourage you to go and I want you to listen to, to his message uh, in regards to Bible prophecy and in, in, in the light of what's taking place in Israel right now. It's not a light thing, but um, so I want to encourage you with that. He says he loves you. He sends his greetings. He loves the Power Love Church. And he asked us to eat a please donut for him. So I said, uh, about that one. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you brought your Bibles, I'm going to uh, just do an intro on the Holy Spirit, an ever-present source of power. You know, the Bible says that, that, that even though the, 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 the Antichrist spirit is already at hand, that the church, he's not permitted to, to uh, he's not released yet. And what's in the way is the church. We are in the way, the church. And so the church operates in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful that, you know, God, as the good father that he is, you know, when Jesus was here on this earth, he said, I'm not going to leave you helpless, desolate, like orphans. He says, but I'm going to equip you with everything you're going to need. You know, they were sad because Jesus was leaving, but he said, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm not leaving you helpless. As a matter of fact, it is good for Jesus to go because if he goes, that he can send another. Say another. You know, and too many people focus on the Holy Spirit as if he's just a tongue or as if he's just a feeling, an emotion, a, a, a shaking. Uh, but there, it's actually, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is a person, is a third person of the Godhead. And he comes, and he comes to live on the inside of you. He comes to fill your house, your body, your life. Amen. To empower you in your, in your living here on this earth. And so I want to encourage you to open up your heart and receive the word of the Lord. I do want to open with these verses of scriptures. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn them to the book of Acts chapter 9. And then we can begin... In verse um, 20. And this is right after the, con the, the, the encounter, the conversion of Saul. So we'll begin there. But I'm going to begin, and I don't know how far I'll get. It's, this can be like an intro into what I'll be taking the time to share with you the whole month of October. Amen. And so... In, in, I'm in the NLT, Acts chapter 9, beginning in verse uh, 20, 
after the, the conversion of Saul, it says, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues, saying he is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Say they were amazed. Well, you got to know why they were amazed. Well, because they said, isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem? There was, they thought, there's no way. This is the same Saul. This is the one that was persecuting Christians. This was the bad actor. And now he's preaching the gospel. How can this be? They were amazed, just like they're amazed at some of you. You're going to church. You're serving God now. Wait a minute, aren't you the one? They're amazed. Well, they were amazed. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. They said, isn't this the same man who caused such devastation amongst uh, uh, Jesus' followers in Jerusalem? They asked, and didn't he come here to arrest them that take them and take them in chains to the leading priest? Verse 22 says, Saul's preaching became more and more powerful. Say that, more and more powerful. That's going to be your story. Amen. And the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs. They couldn't argue with the proofs that he carried that Jesus indeed uh, uh, was the Messiah. Verse 23, after a while, some of the Jews plotted together to kill him. They were watching for him day and night at the city gate so they could murder him. But Saul was told about their plot. So during the night, some of the other believers lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the city wall. Verse 26, are you still with me or did you go home? When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. Imagine that. They were afraid of him when he was trying to meet with them. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. How can somebody like Saul be preaching about the one whom he, whom's people he was persecuting. Something was different about the Apostle Paul. Something was different about Saul. Some, his life had changed. His life had been transformed. It was too good to be true. It was almost like unreal. But can I tell you something? When you have a genuine encounter with Jesus, your life is never the same. Your life is totally transformed by the power of God. You used to be one way, but you're another way. You look different. You think different. You feel different. You are not the same. People might think that you're the same, but they're looking on the outside because something happened on the inside of you. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. And so they were afraid of him. They did not believe that he had truly become a believer. This just gets me. This just gets me. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. So Saul stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. He debated with some of the Greek-speaking Jews, but they tried to murder him. When the believers heard about this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus in his hometown. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger. Say stronger. 
as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. And with the encouragement of the who? Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. I want to share with you tonight. Well, you know, let's jump to uh, real quick to, um, I believe it is found in Second uh, Thessalonians. No, it's First Timothy. Turn real quick to First Timothy, chapter one, verse fifteen. I'm, 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 I'm begin. I'm using this, this, this intro based on the life of the Apostle Paul. Uh, um, the Holy Spirit, an ever source, present source of power. In 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 First Timothy one fifteen, it says, "This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it." Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Don't count anybody out. Amen. Then others will realize. Others will realize. He said that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. And everyone said. And so how did this happen? Saul was on the road to Damascus. You can read it in chapter 9. He had a letter from the leading priest uh, to go and, and persecute and bring back in chains of everyone that was of the way. Well, that was Jesus. Those that were followers of Jesus, he was zealous about doing what he was doing. He was of the Pharisees, of the Sadducees. Saul was not any chump. He was a very intelligent, a studious person. He truly believed that what he was doing was the right thing. You know, like a lot of us, before we had an encounter with Jesus, we really thought that we were on the right way. We really thought that well, the road that we were taking was the road that we were supposed to be going until one day, say one day, until one day we heard the good news of the gospel. And we realized this is not the way. We must turn to the way. We must turn to Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's when everything changed about us. The Apostle Paul was, uh, uh, well, he wasn't the Apostle Paul there. He was Saul. He was on his way to Damascus. Uh, he was on the way to persecute Christians. And then with a letter uh, of permission, and, and people were terrified of him. They obviously had heard of him. Uh, they knew who he was. And then on the road to Damascus, he had an encounter. He had an encounter with Jesus. The Bible says that he was on his horse. <laughs> and when he was on his way... Uh, he encountered the way, a light shine, uh, uh, shined on him and, and knocked him off his horse. Uh, like a lot of us, we got knocked off our horse. <laughs> that's, what, that's how I picture it, you know, of our pride, you know. And so, and then he said, and then he, he heard a voice and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then he said, who are thou, who are thou, Lord Right there, he acknowledged him as Jesus. Right there, he confessed him as Lord. 
And then the, uh, uh, the Lord gave him instructions. He told him what to do. He told him to go uh, 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 find Ananias immediately. Uh, his eye, his, he became blind. There was like scales that came uh, into his eyes. He went away, and God sent a man named Ananias. Oh, Ananias. We don't talk a lot about Ananias, but Ananias was a great man of faith. Amen. Because God spoke to him and said, you must go and pray that, uh, uh, that, that Saul will receive the Holy Spirit and that he will receive his sight. And he said, are you really sending me to this man? I'm paraphrasing it. Uh, don't you know that he's on his way? He goes, no, no, no. I have reserved him and I have set him apart because I have a great work for him to do. And you're going to go and you're going to pray for him. What courage of Ananias. Hallelujah. I see a lot of Ananias here tonight. What courage of Ananias to totally trust in God and say, I will go. I trust you, Lord. I know he's a, I know he's a dangerous man, but I'm going to go and I'm going to pray for him. And, the, and then we know that, that, that the rest is history. He went, he prayed for him, he received his sight. He was baptized in the Holy Ghost and the, he was on his way to, to make Jesus known. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And you couldn't take him out. Immediately they hated him. If you're looking to everybody to befriend you, I'm sorry, but I'm going to tell you, you, you might just become a little bit unlikable to people. You, must, you might just start getting on people's nerves because you're too much for this, you know. I like church, but I don't like a lot of church. I like Jesus, but I don't like a lot of Jesus. I mean, do you always got to tell somebody about Jesus? Just calm down a little bit. You're too much hyper faith. But can, can, you, can you tell me if, if any of these people, when you were lost and busted and disgusted in the world, did they ever tell you to calm down? You're a little bit too much out there. You're a little bit too loud. You're a little bit too gangster. You're a little bit too wild. Never. So don't let the same people that never said anything and all of a sudden they want to say something to you. You know, in this life, if you're looking to be liked, you're, you're, you're not fit for the kingdom. Because you've got to be willing to lose your life to gain it. If you try to keep your life, you're going to lose it. You got to be done with your life. You got to be done with your reputation. You got to make up your mind. I'm going to heaven and I'm going to do what God has called me to do with the help of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to live a life that honors and pleases God. And I'm going to bring as much as people I can with me to heaven. And if that gets on people's nerves, then. Look at your neighbor and go. We need the Holy Ghost because without, it, with, without the Holy Ghost, we just have a desire to do right, but we're not empowered to do it. Remember, Peter, Jesus, I'll never deny you. Jesus, I'll die with you. Let me go with you. Slashed an ear. And, and he said, before the, the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And then he did that. But Jesus had mercy on him because he repented. And God used them in a mighty way. Are you with me? 
But he, the, the Peter was the first one that after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, he is the first one that rose up with all boldness. He was no longer shy Peter. He was no longer quiet Peter. He was no longer trying to hide where all the ladies were Peter. Now he's picked Peter. Something happened to Peter. Oh, Peter is different now because Peter is the first one that rose up and, and, and began to preach the gospel. In his first message, 3,000 people got saved. And the Bible says that he ministered loudly, boldly. And, the, and they knew that, that, that something, this, this, is, this Peter is different now. They'll know that you are different now. What has happened? I've just been filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It gives me a boldness. It gives me a fire. It gives me a joy unspeakable, full of glory. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. I'm getting ahead of myself. But the Holy Spirit is an ever-present source of power. Say power. And every spirit-filled believer has within him or her all the power he or she will ever need to put him over in this life. Did you hear that? All the power, the ability you will ever need to put you over in this life. Say over. Not under. But over. Over the circumstances, over the situations. Help you overcome what you couldn't used to overcome. Empower you. To become all that God has called you to be. It was the promise of the Father. In John 14, 16, we can turn there. And verse 17, Jesus said. Who said? He said, and I will pray the Father. And he shall give you another comforter another word for that comforter is advocate which is a wonderful a wonderful thing when the reality of of this person sets in us I have a comforter see you thought all you had was goosebumps you thought all you had was a feeling an emotion but you have a comforter a personal comforter a personal advocate. What is an advocate? It's like an, a, a, your personal attorney. He's your personal defender. Living on the inside of you. He's ever. And then, and then Jesus took his place at the right hand of the Father in his ministry right now in heaven. The Bible says that he's ever lived to make intercession for you. Do you know what that means? That he's always defending you at the, at the, at the sight of the Father. That he's bringing your name before the Father. That when the devil is accusing you, you have an advocate. You have a lawyer. You have a defender at the right hand of the father claiming you as his own hallelujah how can we lose how can we lose any battle how can we be defeated how can we be conquered the bible says that overwhelming victory is ours that whosoever is born of god overcomes the world this is a victory that overcomes the world even our faith 
And so he said, I will give you another comforter that he might abide with you forever. Not visit you on Sundays. Not uh, visit you when you're in trouble. All the time he will abide. He would, he would come and live in you. Hallelujah. And then it says, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwell with you and shall be in you. Jesus promised. And then we see the fulfillment of it. We see the fulfillment in Acts chapter 2, verse 32 and 33. It says, I still hear pages, so I just kind of wait. I'm learning to wait a little bit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who's thankful that you have a loving father? Hallelujah. Who's thankful that he just didn't say deuces, uh, have a good time on earth, see you when I blow the trumpet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then in Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 32 and 33, says, This Jesus had God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had shed forth this which ye now see and hear. It was the fulfillment of that promise that Jesus had talked about. I want to encourage you to read uh, uh, John chapter 14, 15, and 16. Take the time to read it. Let, let a fresh revelation come into your life about the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's the promise that the Father said he will give unto us. And my God, he did on the day of Pentecost. So God is not going to send the promise. He already sent the promise on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is considered the chief executive of the church. And he's operating in the lives of believers. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Are you thankful for that? So, um, what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Let me just share a few things. Number one, an experience. But number two, more than an experience, is a gift. And that gift is the person, the advocate. Number three, He's an endowment, if I'm saying it right. Endowment, endowment. So let me begin with the first one. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experience. Just like the baptism in water is an experience. So is the baptism of the Spirit. The Bible says in Matthew 3, 11, 
when John the Baptist was uh, baptizing in water, he announced the coming of a mightier one. Say a mightier one. He said, he shall baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. He shall baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. So who's the baptizer? Jesus is the baptizer. He's the one that baptizes you. He's the one that fills you. Amen. He can fill you now while you're hearing the word. Because in many instances in the word of the Lord, the Bible says that as they were preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on them and they began to speak in tongues. There was also moments by the laying of the hands, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. But Jesus ultimately is the baptizer. You can't teach somebody to speak in tongues. It, it irritates me when I see ministers go, do like this. You can't do that. You can't teach somebody. You, they, Jesus fills them and baptizes them. And the Bible says that it will flow out of their bellies. Because it's an infilling. And so when you're full, it, you begin to, it, it's like a, 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 a glass. And it begins to bubble up. When it's too much water, it begins to bubble up that it comes out in a rabba But it's the spirit of God that gives you utterance. It's not something that you can say, open your mouth. You do have to open your mouth. But you don't teach somebody. You, they, Jesus is the baptizer. Are you with me? Jesus is the baptizer. Then we can read, that was John the Baptist. He, he, he said, there's one that, that is mightier than I am, that I'm not even worthy to tie his shoelace. He shall come and baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. And before his ascension, Jesus... Our Lord reminded his disciples of this prediction in Acts chapter 1, verse 5. He said, for John indeed baptized you in water, but ye shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days hence. So in a few days, you shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then Peter never forgot this prophecy. He reported it in Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 11, verse 15 and 16, you can write it down. The Bible says that when he was in Caesarea, he says, And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, even as on us at the beginning, at Pentecost. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized in water, but ye shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So it's an experience, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But more than, than an experience, it's a gift. And a gift can be forced on you. You either receive it or not. You got to receive the gift. Say it's a gift. The baptism in the Spirit is not a gift, but the Spirit himself. The Spirit himself. Did you hear that? Is the love gift from God. The Spirit himself is the love gift 
from God. That's a good thing to write down if you're writing notes down. The baptism in the spirit is not the gift, but the spirit himself is the love gift from God. Look what Luke chapter 11 verse 13 says. Luke chapter 11 verse 13. You can write it down or you can look at it up there. It says, if ye then be an evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. If you be an evil, know how to give good gifts. Say good gifts to your children. How much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Oh, who's thankful for this gift? Hallelujah. So I hear, I hear somebody saying, I don't have this gift. I want this gift before I leave out of this place. Thank you very much. You can. Hallelujah. Why wouldn't you? As a matter of fact, it's a command of the Lord. Jesus said, tarry ye here and don't move or do anything until you're endued from power from on high. He said, don't do anything until you are endued with power from on high. He, he ordered them. He commanded them. And the Bible says that there was 120 people. That's what the Bible recorded. There could have been more. But some got tired. Some had to go check and see what was going on at the house. Some got a phone call. Some came and they came looking for them and they left. But there was 120 people that the Bible recorded that waited just that Jesus had said. And Jesus fulfilled his promise just as the Father had promised. He poured out his spirit upon them. And their lives will nev were never the same. Oh, hallelujah. People's lives were never the same. It's a gift. Say, it's a gift. The spirit himself is the love gift from God, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Luke eleven thirteen. At Pentecost, Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Ye shall receive the gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. He also repeated it in Acts 10, 45 to the Gentiles. On the Gentiles also was poured out the gift, say the gift, of the Holy Spirit. Oh, glory be to God. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is the reception of the Holy Spirit himself in fullness. Hallelujah. In John 14, verse 16 and 17 again. Jesus said, I read it already, so let me just go through it. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. We need the spirit of truth, guys, more than ever. We need the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, for it beholded him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he abided with you and shall be in you. Glory be to God. 
he is speaking of a person. Jesus uh, uh, here is speaking uh, um, uh, of a blessing, of an experience. He is speaking of a person, and his name is Jesus. And Jesus, uh, uh, as, uh, as being the Holy Spirit as being another of Jesus, became our comforter and our advocate. Glory be to God. In 1 John 2, verse 1, it says that we have an advocate with the Father, which is Jesus Christ, the, the, the righteous one. We have an attorney. We have a defender. We have a comforter. We have a helper. That is the Holy Spirit, the promise that the Father said he will send in the place of Jesus to be with us and to be in us. Glory to God. So number three, what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is an endowment, an endowment of power. Say of power. Glory to God. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he said, Tarry ye in the city until you be clothed or endued with power. Until you are endued or you are clothed with power. And that word power uh, is dynamite power. It's dunamis power. It's explosive power. It's an empowerment that comes to, to empower you from the Spirit of God to transform your life. To empower you to live the life of victory. Oh, glory be to God. Who, who says we can, you know, somebody said, do, do I, must I have the Holy Spirit? the endowment of the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? I heard a minister said like this, you need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. Why wouldn't you want this precious gift? Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, what does it say? But you shall receive power. What kind of power? Dunamis power. When? When the Holy Spirit is come upon you oh glory to God the indwelling of the Holy Spirit supplies the power it's his power it's his ability that's why the Bible says not by might not by power but by his spirit that's why the Bible says be don't be strong in your own self it says be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, in the power of his spirit. Oh, how many of you know that we need this power like never before? How many of you know that we cannot afford not to have uh, this infilling of the Holy Spirit? Glory be to God. You know, it's a one-time experience, but it's a many, many infillings. Are you with me? The Apostle Paul said, do not be drunk with wine where, where there is excess, but be ye being filled with the Spirit. I pray that the Lord tonight fills you with a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost 
that will make the difference in the type of week that you're going to have this week. In the mighty name of Jesus, may the Holy Spirit empower you to do the supernatural. To wake up and rise up and shine like never before for the glory of God in Jesus' name. To make you effective. To give you wisdom from heaven. Glory to God. Supernatural strength. Oh, like you've never known before. Times of refreshing. Hallelujah. You're not going to go in your own strength. You're not going to go in your own power. In your own physical power. But you're going to go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because tonight you came to fill up your gas tank with the Spirit of God. And I believe that as you're here tonight, the rain of heaven is coming down on you. And God is filling your vessel. You know, you've given out all week. And you just came to the filling station. And God is the one that fills you. I, I believe there are angels right now going around just pouring upon you. You can believe it or not. I do. Because I even believe that as I'm ministering to you, I'm being poured into. If you believe that, just lift up your hands and just thank the Lord for filling you afresh and anew. Be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory. Come on, tell him, fill my vessel, Lord. Fill my well to the top, to overflowing. Hallelujah. Come on, you poured out all week. Tonight, you get filled in the mighty name of Jesus. This infilling is going to result in joy. This infilling is going to result uh, in, a, in a fresh anointing. This infilling is going to result in wisdom, in strength, in ability, in boldness to open your mouth and testify of the goodness of God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. If you're already filled with your heavenly language, go ahead and begin. If you're not filled, all you got to, it's a gift. Say, Lord, give me that gift and begin to open your mouth and let it, let it bubble out of your mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, thank you. You sound good. Thank you, Jesus. You sound good. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank God for the gift. Thank God for the person of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the infilling. Thank God for the refill. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we, we need your Holy Ghost, Lord. Fill your people afresh and anew, Lord. Let the empowerment of the Holy Ghost, Father, be evident in their lives. In the workplace, the homemakers, Lord, in their businesses, in their ministries, wherever they go, whatever they do, let them stand out just like Peter, just like Paul, just like, Father, the, the uh, uh, people that were filled, Father, that did great exploits in your name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Defend them, Lord. Help them. Thank you, Lord, that you are with them strong. Thank you, Lord, that you comfort them. You comfort them, Lord. You protect them. You help them. Oh, hallelujah. You are a present help in time of need. Thank you, the, the great paraclete, the, the one alongside of help. Thank you, Father. Open the eyes of their understanding, Lord, that they may, Father, know that they are not alone. 
that you have not left them helpless, that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them by the power of your Holy Spirit. Oh, Father, may this week, may they do things that they've never imagined they can do, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, by the help of the Holy Spirit. We thank you. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. And if you receive it and believe that, give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Hallelujah. Without the presence of the Holy Spirit, we're like a vehicle without a motor. We're like a vehicle without gas, without water, without steam. We just have the vehicle, but we need that engine to be running. We need that tank to be full. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in the life of a believer. Oh, glory be to God. May you run with the fire of the Holy Ghost like never before. Glory be to God. Ha. Hey. Glory to God. You think I read the, the Apostle Paul encounter so that we can look at him and be, and be like, wow, the Apostle Paul was so awesome. You're awesome. That Holy Ghost that was on him is in you. If you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you something? If you are born again, you have this Holy Spirit living in you already. All you need is to be filled with him. Glory be to God. What do you think? You know, because when you give your life to Jesus, you receive a regeneration of the Spirit. But it's the same Spirit. It's, there's not junior Holy Spirit and a cousin Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit. You are born of the Spirit of God. You receive a regeneration of the Spirit. But you don't automatically get filled with the Holy Spirit. you got to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when you do, the same Holy Spirit comes and fills that cup. To overflow. It's like your salvation is a well. And there's water. But Ada, when the Holy Spirit comes and fills you and baptizes you, imagine. Like instead of a well, you got a river that is flowing. Rivers, rivers. And we need that overflow because our lives have to overflow into the lives of others. We got our lives has to overflow into the lives of others. That's why we need to be overflowing. That's why we can. We got to be like sponges. That's why we got we to gotta release, release what we are carrying on the inside of us. And how can we release if we just barely have any ourselves? You don't want a little Holy Ghost. You want big Holy Ghost. You, want, you don't want a little fire. You want a big fire. You want, you want to let your light shine wherever you go. Something is different about you. When you go to the schools, something is different about you. When you walk into your office, what happened to you? Did you get Botox? <laughs> Fillers? Or you got a chemical PR or something. Something looks different about you. But they don't know what it is, but you know what it is. It's the Holy Ghost. You look different. This is the, the, the time for the church to walk in the overflow of the Spirit of God, carriers of the presence of God. Not my will, Lord, let your will be done. Hallelujah. Every day. God, God, you live like that. God will put you in places. God will, God will open up doors. Oh, you're going to shine, and you're going to shine for me. I see that. Okay. 
Let me see where I can put you. Let me see what door I can open for you. Because he knows. He knows. It's happening already with the school. It's how doors are opening. I got a call and they said, Pastor Sandy, can you come and minister at our conference in Harlingen, Texas? What you're seeing here, I'm going to have the privilege to go take it to Harlingen, Texas. I didn't call and say, hey, can y'all invite me? <laughs> I'm telling you. There are things that are taking place. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Get ready. Stay ready. The best is not behind you. The best is ahead of you. But it's not going to be my might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God. And you are a carrier of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come and share with that door, open the door that happened. We, we were literally just talking about it. I'm in contact with, a, with, the, with this lady that um, she's involved in, in, in politics and stuff like that. And uh, she was telling me about, a, you know, because sometimes the church, they, they're so close-minded. And they just want to stay in their house, in their room. They're four and no more. They don't want to get out. You know, there's a lot of things that are taking place and a lot of opportunities for us to go into places and be the light in darkness. And there's, there's uh, she was telling me about all these, this, 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 um, these open doors to be able to get into the school systems. We used to do school ministry. My husband, uh, 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 for, for uh, quite a few years, years ago, was involved in a ministry where they would go into the schools, the elementary school, the high schools, and they would uh, 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 give them all the kids that the school system did not know what to do with them. And these were people that had major issues. There's people, uh, kids that, were, that got themselves involved in gangs, and, and when they were involved, they didn't know how to get out of it. There was a, they were going through a lot of pressure. There was a, a lot of kids that uh, were going through things that children should not be going through. We encountered this little boy. He was about 11 years old. He had a bunch of bald spots in his head. He had a bunch of bald spots in his head because he was going through so much depression that that little precious kid will yank his hair out. He was so, he, 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 he was so hooked on pornography because the system made him watch pornography to try to help him cope with things, messed him up, and he was going through so much depression that the, the school had no solution for him. The system had no solution for him. But it's the church. The church is the solution for the people. This is where people are supposed to come and receive what they need. When we encounter people, they should encounter solutions. We should bring the solution to the people because we have him. His name is Jesus. And this little boy had ball spots. He will pull his hair out. It was so sad. Just a bunch of little ball spots, 11 years old. Aren't you glad you encountered Jesus? I just looked at you for no reason, but you're just receiving. 
And, we, and, and my husband took him under his wing, would pick him up for church, bring him. And he would come to church when his parents would permit him to. He grew all his hair back. He gave his life to Jesus. And not too long ago, my husband had ran into him. And he said, George. My husband said, Osito. And he's doing great. He's doing good. That's just one of them. They help kids get out of gangs. You know, people, the young kids, they, 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 they need help. They need guidance. They need guidance. You know, they, they think the life, the street life, they most have no knowledge of street life. And they don't understand. You're going to end up in prison, and you ain't going to be running nothing in prison. You're not going to call no shots in there. There's no life in that. There's only life in Christ Jesus. And this life is not for you when you're 50 years old. Look at our kids worshiping the Lord. Those kids will never know that life. The life that we knew, your kids will never know that life. I haven't forgot about you. They'll never know that life. And that's so something to thank God for every day. That's, so, that's, so, that's something to thank God every day that your children will never have to go through the things that you have gone through. And that is something you need to be thankful to the Lord every day. And some parents really need to get over themselves. And you need to think about your children. I say that with love. You know, because as parents, as older, we can, we can be selfish. And we're like all caught up about the wrong things. Give your life to Jesus. Because whether you serve God or not, it's not just going to affect you. It's going to affect your children. And your children will go to hell on your account. And you will be accountable for that. Surrender your life to Jesus. Make up your mind that you're going to serve God. That was bold, but I say that with love. Praise God. (laughs) Something great happened. (sighs) Right? Tell them what happened. I'll sober up a little bit over here. (laughs) No, it's not. I probably didn't turn it on. Okay. Okay, so um, uh, this past outreach, that Saturday after prayer, uh, me and Theodosia and Pastor Sandy, we were speaking, and Pastor Sandy was telling you what she just told us about the school system. And so we're like, man, you know, that's awesome. Because I know I took my kids out of school, but that's not always, like, the solution. The solution is we are the church. We're the solution. We have Jesus. And so we were discussing that. So then we went to the outreach, right? The first lady on the property was from the school system in Fifth Ward. And Jessica was like, talk to her. You know, she can get your information. We can see, you know, she's, and so I talked to her. And she was like, I'm from the school system. My job is to get organizations because I want to bless my kids. Like, you know, we need the help. Uh, Basically, like, they're forgotten about, you know. Well, her school just happened to be HISD that was handpicked for this uh, system takeover that they're trying to do where they take the libraries out and put detention centers in. And so I got her information, and I just felt the prompting act on it immediately. So I text her. She said, what day works for you? I was like, uh, what about Wednesday morning? She never responded back, right? Well, I had to take my husband to work, and it was he's like, where is it? 
I said, what's on the way? He's like, just pull up. I'm like, let's go. I was like, <laughs> so we rode to work. And we were taking him to work. Fifth Ward, we pulled up at the middle school. Um, it's like gated in. Like, you have to get buzzed in. And so I got buzzed in. I asked for her. She's like, oh, my gosh. Like, I can't believe you came, you know? And so um, I got to talk to her. And um, so it was like complete takeover in that school. I mean, like, it's like a prison reform in there. Like, no joke. It's not, it ain't public school. That's what it's not. They let me tour the school and see in these classrooms what's going on. She said, they give them the curriculum now. You can't teach what you want. So the teachers have to be standing at all times. She said just the other day, it was so serious. A teacher sat like back on the desk like this, and they have a camera watching them the whole time they teach, and they're on a timer. They got to keep it moving. They got to keep it moving. And so she said the teacher was like this for like not even like just a few minutes. They came in, escorted her off. They don't even know if she got fired or not. Like, they're, it's that serious. And she said, teachers are quitting left and right. And then this was, she showed me, like, the, the library. She said, just two years ago, we finally got, like, a new books for our school because they were, like, from the 1970s. She said, you see them now. Like, all of them were against the wall, and it's, like, like now a detention center. But this center is not for students if they're falling behind. This center is for students if they're excelling in the classroom at the new curriculum, they can go and work in there in silence. That's like their reward. And on the, like to walk, you have to walk one way this way down the hallway. And if you're coming back, you have to come down the other side. Like it's silence. When they were in there eating, this is a very poverty area. These kids go through a lot at home, a lot. And she said, they're in there eating, right? We walked in. He's yelling on the microphone thing at them. Be quiet. When I'm talking, you don't talk. And like, like they're eating, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, I was just in shock. She walked me through everything. She's like, the principal is very open. He wants churches to come in. Like, he, he, you know, they would love for our pastors to come and have coffee with the principal and see how can we be of assistance to them. But they're cutting funding everywhere left and right. And I said, we don't need funding. We just, we want to come in and be a blessing. We don't, we don't need no fun. We don't need, and all we need is an opportunity to come in, you know? And she said, well, y'all can come in here. We'll even help you. We'll give out the flyers in the, in the lines to the parents. And um, I said, that's all that we need. She says, because it's not just the students that need help. The teachers need help too. They have cut all funding for teachers. Teachers are not allowed. They don't have, remember, they just have like a budget for teachers. They don't have that more at all. There's no funding for the teachers. And so um, I just told her, I said, all we need is an opportunity to come in here. She said, we could even use, they have a big field in the back of the school. She said, you guys can even do it on the property. And so they want us to come in. And I'm like, that's the Lord. That, that's the Lord. Because, I mean, in, in the area that it is, everybody has, and I had felt such a conviction because when it doesn't affect you, you can just forget about it. Like, you know, it don't, it's not affecting my home. You know what I mean? My kids, I took my kids out. Like, you can get, you know, they're good. But what about all of these kids? This is our future. You know, God hasn't got it forgotten about them, though, and we're going to go in there by the, by the hand of God in the name of Jesus yes. and make a difference um, with their students. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Say open doors. Say open doors. 
Isn't that awesome? We're going to do it. We don't need them to fund us. It's the people's tax dollars that are supposed to be paying for all this. Where's the funds going? Why isn't there no funds? Ever get involved in your children's school and wonder? Schools are not supposed to be like little prisons. And the whole curriculum has changed. And so what are they learning? What are they, what are they teaching the kids? You know, if, I, I, if you're a parent, be involved. Find out what, what, your, what your children are learning. They, you know, they, they pay attention when the parent is very involved in, their, in, in your children's schools. You have every right to go up there and to inquire whatever information you want. And you should. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. My sister didn't even know that they were making them read books about uh, 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 LGBT books. She only found out because when the whole COVID happened, they had to do work online, and they had a book that they had to read, and they were teaching them that two men can be parents. Two women can be parents. And this is what family should look like, very diverse. She had no idea. Nobody asked her for permission. They're teaching, they're getting in your children's sexuality. That used to be against the law. There's a full-blown, by Austin, an elementary school where it's full-blown LGBT because LGBT is pushing to get into the schools. They're in the schools. I'm not saying they're pushing. And this school is full-blown already. I'm not telling you something that I heard. I'm telling you something that I know for facts. And they try to show me videos, and I refuse to watch them. But the teachers call their, that school a safe haven. This is your safe heaven, haven. This is your safe place. If you feel that you're a girl, you're a girl. If you feel that you're a boy, you're a boy. Right here, you can feel however you want. Who in the hell gives the teachers the right to get into your children's business like that? Somebody needs to get locked up. And, and, and this is a fact that these kids are in the restroom doing things they shouldn't be doing. And I'll tell you the word, but I'm not going to say it for the sake of the people here. Not that your kids probably haven't heard already about it. But they're doing things to each other. And there's videos of them. Elementary schools. And she said, I can show you. And I said, well, what about the parents? Because somebody had fought, you know, they, they're pushing their own agenda. They're pushing, they want, they want, and they said, openly, we're coming after your children. You know why it's a sign of the time that Antichrist is going to be a homosexual. And we love people. We love people. God loves the sinner, the homosexual. But he does not the sin. And they don't even like that. They're being tormented. And the Bible says, in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Men and women. And your children. But they've said, we're coming after your children. They say it in your face. 
and we're too occupied going to Starbucks, watching Netflix, and just, you know, just we're looking down because, you know, just got to, you know, just, just go along with everything. But they said, we're coming after your kids. And in the school systems, my, 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 my sister was helping her little six-year-old read his book. And she's seen, she seen this in the, in, the, in the video thing. This is what family's supposed to look like. Two men, two women raising up as husband and husband, or wife and wife. And she said, absolutely not. No. Absolute. Is that Denise in the front? That threw me off because I never seen the front sister. <laughs> I'm happy, though. And she said, absolutely not. You need to find out what they're teaching your kids. And she said, it's full-blown, Pastor Sandy. She says, but there is, I'll just tell you right now, she said, there is somebody that rose up, and she told me the name. I couldn't figure it out who it was. But she says they rose up and said, okay, they want to push this on the schools. What about the Bible in the schools? What about, what about having Bible studies in the schools? You know, all that it takes for, for evil people to prevail is for good people to do nothing. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. So that we can be bold. Amen. And she did say, I was supposed to have a meeting with her because she was supposed to give me more information on this. Uh, but she's not just telling me what she thinks she knows. She knows her stuff. She knows her stuff. And she said that um, there was somebody that rose up and said that and spoke out. And so there is, um, she said that there is uh, the law got passed. Because even, you know how the governor just signed a bunch of laws? Well, do you know that the school system is independent? So they don't have to go by the, the, the laws of the, of, the, of the governor. They're independent. They can do whatever they want. But it's going to take we, the people, to rise up and to say something. Oh, well, pastor, you shouldn't get involved in that. Well, then what about your children? What about the other children? I, my kids are grown, thankfully. But what about other children? Like Erica said, we can just turn our eye. You know, why do we go to the prison? Because we care. Jesus said, if you visit them, it's like you visited me. If you do the, something for at least the little ones, it's like you're doing it unto me. And she said that the law got passed that there can be chaplains in the schools. And guess what? There's a fund for that, and there will be a training for that, and you can be a chaplain that is placed in the schools. She said, Pastor Sandy, if you have people that want to preach the gospel, put them in the schools. They can get paid. They can preach the gospel. They can have Bible studies. I already have a few volunteers. You can have summers off. They'll train you for chaplain. He, but, but she said, they're not going to come knocking on your door. They're not going to come and say, hey, we want you to come and have a Bible study. We want the Holy Ghost. We want people to get saved. No. But everyone, everybody else is pushing their thing. The church is about to push like never before in the mighty name of Jesus. But we cannot do it just in our own strength. we got to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we got it. I got it. That was a lot of extra stuff, but 
How do we go that route? The Holy Spirit. Isn't it wonderful? Imagine that. That would be like outreaches every day at the schools. That's what the, my husband was doing back then, and I'm like, now people can get paid doing that. Helping kids. All they need is somebody to believe in them. All they need is for somebody to hear them. One of the kids, while she was there, a little 11-year-old said that he had, the loss had came to his house, and, 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 and his house got raided. His, they took his dad, and the, the mom ran. She was scared, and he ended up sleeping on the bottom of a bridge at that school. Sixth grade. I believe that we're going to see a mighty revival, a mighty change in every area, in every area, in the schools, in the prisons, in our homes, glory be to God, in the workplace, hallelujah. Come on, who believes that, that, that we, this is the beginning of it. And it's, it doesn't take many, it just takes a few radical. <laughs> How many of those are here tonight? How many of those are here tonight? That's why we need the Holy Ghost. That's why we need the power of God. That's why we need to be endued. We need to be clothed with this dynamite power. You shall receive power. Dunamis, after that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. He will come and he will fill you to overflow. Say overflow. Say overflow. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God's not done with you, I'm telling you. You might say, Pastor Sandy, how can God use somebody like me? Because God loves to do things like that. He loves to uh, 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 get somebody that thinks that they're a nobody and was considered a nobody, and God makes you into somebody, glory to God. And you shock everybody. Oh, hallelujah. I always thought, God, how, how can you use somebody like me? When the call of God came into my life, I, I thought, God messed up or something. And I thought, I don't even talk English right. I'm a woman. I, I, every excuse. Like Moses, when God called Moses, you know, he felt the same way. He says, I stutter. I don't even, but God, you don't think God knew that? Hallelujah. God is a specialist, a specialist. Glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is an experience. He's a gift. The person of the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the comforter, the defender, the one that is alongside a help. He's the one that comes and clothes you with power. And his manifestation results in a transformed life, like the life of Peter, like the life of the Apostle Paul, like your life, like my life. 
You know, when I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it was a, at a little altar at this little Spanish church. I believe I was about 17 years old. It was a point in my life. Uh, um, yeah, I was, I was 18, or I think, I, Georgie, I had him when I was 18. Yeah, so I must have been 17 because I was pregnant, and I came to the end of myself, and I already knew of the Lord, but I was playing games, and the Lord was calling me to, to commit myself to come and to surrender my life, and I and that's when I decided. I said, I, I want to surrender my life. I want to come back to God. I want to, you know, just, just be 100% in the things of God, and I remember that I, I started coming to that little Spanish church, and I remember some of you have heard me say my story, and I remember that in that church, they were used to uh, that they would through pray on, in prayer time they would come and kneel at the altar and I remember you know I was already saved and I remember I would come to the altar and I and I, and I would just begin to pray you know I had my little list like God thank you for this thank you for that give me that give me this give me that do this do that I praise you Lord I thank you and then I, my I was done with my prayer and then I remember that I was next to the ladies and I didn't have nothing else to say so I was like pretending I was praying, but then I would hear the, the people next to me that they were deep in prayer. And I never, I never, I, I had never like, like I, I paid attention if, it, if they had been doing it around me. But I remember that the ladies were praying in tongues, praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit is praying in tongues. Uh, you know, uh, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, the, the inward evidence is that your life is transformed and the outward evidence is that you begin to speak in another tongue are you with me and so they were praying and with groanings and with and they were just praying in the spirit praying in another tongue and it sounded so beautiful and they were just weeping and praying and and I was just listening to them and I remember that I felt like the presence of God and I remember that I I, I was just talking to the Lord and I I, I was like, Lord, I want that. I want that. Remember, I didn't even know that it was a gift. I didn't even know that all you have to do is ask the Lord to fill you. But it, thank God that even in my ignorance, God met me there. Glory be to God. Because you know what? All God wants is this heat to your heart. All God wants is you to be for real in your heart. And when you are, God sees that. And you, God will never deny you. And I was sincere. And I said, God, I want that. I said, fill me with that. Fill me. And I remember that it just started like bubbling out. And I just began to pray in tongues. I began to pray in another language. And, and can I tell you something? I, I got filled that day. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost that day. And even though I did not understand everything, I, they didn't minister it like I'm, I'm telling you now. I didn't have a full understanding. God met me where I was. It wasn't until later that I began to understand of the knowledge of the person of the Holy Spirit that I began to realize that it has been because, you know, because we went through so much. We, our family had gone through so much. Our marriage had gone through so much. Remember, I got married when I was like 14 years old. And so uh, by that time, I was already like going on 18, right, babe? And so, you know, in the family, in my personal life, and just everything, all like hell was breaking loose. And then, you know, little did I know that what had a, what I, when I didn't know what to do, I would just just drop to my knees and I would just begin to pray in the spirit. I didn't know what else to say. I didn't know what else to do, but I just engaged. I didn't know I was engaging the Holy Spirit in my life when I was praying in the spirit. But but then I realized if how I realized the 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 work of the Holy Spirit in my life, and 
helper. Oh, I didn't know that I was edifying myself. The Bible says that he who prays in an unknown tongue edified himself. I didn't know that I was talking to God. The Bible says that he, have, he who prays in an unknown tongue speaking not unto men but unto God. I didn't know that when I was praying in the Holy Ghost that it was a direct line to heaven. I didn't know that, that the Holy Spirit was, was uh, empowering me, that the Holy Spirit was edifying me. And then all of a sudden when I was discouraged and I was crying out, I didn't know what to do. All of a sudden I got up and I felt like Jackie Chan, like I can kick a wall and I was ready to go. But I didn't know that that's what the Holy Spirit was doing in my life. And then I look back and I realize if it hadn't been for the endowment, the power of the Holy Spirit, I would not have made it I would have broken I would have I would have been broken I would have fell into pieces I would have been I would have been toda mensa toda destrozada I felt like that, but, but little did I know and, 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 uh, that, that, that the person of the Holy Spirit was edifying me, was encouraging me, was empowering me. Oh, I'm so thankful. Oh, I'm so thankful. He was defending me. I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was enduring. I was, I was, you know, enduring moments where I should have just been broken into pieces I, I should have been a mess I should have not made it but thank God thank God that 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 God did not leave us helpless God did not leave us like orphans the Bible says God did not leave us without help Jesus said, it is expedient for I to go because if I go, you know, they were sad because Jesus was telling them, I'm going away. I'm going to go away. You see me now, but you're not going to see me no more. And they, were, they didn't want him to leave. They seen how, you know, they felt comfortable. They felt comforted when Jesus was walking along. Some of you wish that Jesus was with you and Jesus was looking at you like I am with you. And they were mad, they were sad, and he comforted them. He said, look, it is, it's expedient. It is necessary for I that I go away, because if I don't go away, you see, when Jesus was here on this earth, it was just him. And they loved him. They loved Jesus because Jesus was the healer. Jesus was the restorer. Jesus was the rewarder. Wherever Jesus went, things happened. Hallelujah. They seen the multiply of the bread. They seen the lame walk. They seen the blind see. They seen the demon possessed set free. Hallelujah. And they said, Jesus, you can't leave us. And he said, I'm not leaving you. I'm going, but I'm going to send another of me. Another of me. The comforter, the Holy Spirit. He's going to come. And he said, I am with you. But the one I'm going to send, he's going to be in you. <laughs> oh just lift your hands and thank him come on if you're here with the holy ghost begin to pray in that heavenly language if you're not ask the lord give me that gift right now lord fill me to overflow and then open your mouth and begin to pray hallelujah
Hey, hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, pray. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Ramahanda Rabashitria Basata Ramahanda Rabashitria. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the person of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the gift, Lord. Thank you for the comforter. Thank you for our, our advocate. Thank you, Father, for our helper. Fill your people to overflow, Lord. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. God is good. Amen. Glory to God. Who is the baptism of the Spirit for? Some say it was just for the apostles. But it's for believers. It's not of, 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 of a thing of the past. It's for our time, and it's for all time until Jesus comes for his own. The Holy Spirit, we can read in Acts chapter 2. Let's go there briefly. I'm not going to get too far today. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 2. Verse, ooh, I feel, the, I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you right now. I don't know about you, but I just received a download right now. I just feel like hot. Ooh, praise the Lord. This is when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit took place. And in verse 14 of chapter 2, it says, but Peter standing up with the 11, because they started mocking them. You know, there are certain things the devil hates. And one of them is the Holy Ghost. Because he used to have it one time. But you got it. And he don't got it. And so they begin to talk about these people and say, these are these are, these are just drunk people. They started saying, these people are drunk. And they said, no, this, it's, it's, it's but the ninth hour. These are not drunk. I mean, now it will be normal if you're drunk at the ninth hour, but, but it was not a common thing back then. And then Peter rose up, and he began to give an explanation of the Spirit. He said, but Peter standing up, Verse 14, with the 11, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you supposed, 
seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that. This is that. Say, this is that. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It was already prophesied. It was already spoken. He just stood up and said, these are not drunk men as you, that you suppose. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days. In the last days. Imagine where that leaves us now. That was in the last day of the pouring of the Holy Spirit. We're in the final hours. In the last days, say it, God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Say all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. This is not just for today. It's for all time until Jesus returns. And this is not just for some people. It's for every believer. Now, let me say this. The gift of the Holy Spirit the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for the world. Jesus Christ is the gift to the world, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the gift for every believer. They can't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They must be born again because God cannot put his Holy Spirit on vessels that are not pure because he's a Holy Spirit. But when you give your life to Jesus, he purifies you. He gives you a new vessel, one that is clean, one that is pure. And then he comes and fills you with the gift of the Holy Spirit. So this gift is for every believer. It's not just for the pastors. It's not for the fivefold ministry. It's not for those that are in ministry. It's not for those that have been coming to church for 20, 20 15 years. It's for all the believer. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, you will cast out devils. In my name, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name, if you drink anything poison, it shall not hurt you. That's just saying that there's a great protection with what God has sent you to go do. Hallelujah. With the great commission comes great protection. That's what he's saying. So it's for every believer that wants it. Glory be to God. Say it's for every believer that wants it. Men, women, old and young alike, even children. How many of your children are baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues? Have you heard Obi? All of a sudden he got like a new language. I remember Georgie was in, what grade were you in, Georgie? Is he in here? He was, I think, in, um, I think in, in either in kindergarten or in first grade. And I remember that morning he said he, wanted, he was asking about 
the Holy, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues. Obviously, he would hear us. And I ministered unto him that morning before he went to school. And he was just looking at me. He was little. He must have been about six years old. And I remember that he left. I dropped him off at the school that day. And when he came home, the first thing he said, Mom, I got it. And I, I was clueless as to what he was talking about. He said, I got it. Look. And he began to speak in tongues. And I said, wow, that's great. And I said, what happened? Tell me. He says, we were at Reese's. We were at the playground. Is he in here? He said, we were in the playground. And he said, I was off to myself. And I just asked the Lord to baptize me and to fill me with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he said, and I just began to speak in tongues. Six years old. Some of your kids, I've heard them. They know what it is to anoint somebody with oil. There was a, a daughter of a, little, of, a, of, a, of a lady that she was only, uh, uh, I think, like five years old. And she was at her, at her grandma's house that doesn't go to church, obviously, and she was going through some sickness. And she said, it's okay, Grandma, let me get the oil because I'm going to anoint you with oil right now. And she said, what is that? She said, I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to anoint you with oil, and Jesus is going to heal you. Five years old. Five years old. Oh, glory be to God. Isn't that wonderful? Your children are not going to walk in confusion. The Bible says, great shall be the peace of your children, for they will be taught of God. Hallelujah. The youth going out and winning souls. Preaching the gospel. How many of you are baptized with the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It's for everyone that believes. For the born-again believer, Joel prophesied about it in chapter 2, verses 20 and 29. And then Peter addressed it and said, this is that that was spoken of. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Peter said in Acts 2.39, the promise of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The Holy Ghost. Well, I don't like that, Pastor Sandy. Well, do you tell that to everybody that comes around, especially now in October? You don't like the word ghost? That's not the same ghost. There is a ghost that uh, other, but this is the real Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. The presence of God. Hallelujah. That comes to empower you. God has given you authority over all the work of the devil. On that note, don't forget we have the class this Tuesday. Chapter 3. Who's enjoying that? We're learning about the authority of the believer. Because it's been given to us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you are a believer, this gift is for you and for your children. Can you say thank you, Jesus? In Isaiah 55, 1, and I'll leave you here. Isaiah 55, verse 1. It says, oh, everyone that thirsted. That what? Come ye to the waters, and he that had no money, 
Come ye, buy and eat. Yeah, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. It's talking about the Spirit of God. Wine is a type of the Spirit and milk of the Word of God. And it's saying, are you thirsty? If you are, come. Come to the waters. It's not going to cost you anything. The price has already been paid. All you need is to be thirsty. Hallelujah. That is a condition. To be thirsty, he comes to the thirsty. How many thirsty people are here? Glory be to God. And then it says, what does the next verse say? Wherefore do you spend your money for that which is of no bread, and your labor for that which satisfy it not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. He says, why do you spend your money on things that are not good for you? He said, come and drink of me. It don't cost you anything, and it will fill you to the full. It will satisfy your soul. It would fill every emptiness on the inside of you. Oh, glory be to God. What did Jesus say in John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39? This is what he said. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, say thirst. Let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth in me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly, out of his belly, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him were yet to receive. Rivers, the Bible says. I want the worship team to come up. Rivers of living waters out of your belly. What is the requirement? To be thirsty. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you don't hunger after it, you won't get it. If you're not thirsting after it, you won't receive it. But if you're thirsty and hungry and you come to him and you say, Lord, fill me, baptize me with these living waters to the overflow in the name of Jesus, have your way in my life. Get ready. Get ready. Are you ready? Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You must earnestly desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit in order to be filled because he fills the hunger. He fills the thirsty. Are you with me? Uh, and, I, and I pray that as I have shared with you just the, this small intro, that it has put a thirst in you. 
That if you're not baptized, if you have not received the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that you would do so today. Or that if you've received them already, but you said, Pastor Sandy, I've been a little on dry. I want to be receive a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Well, you've come to the right place. So what it, which, whichever you are, it's a win-win. All it takes is a thirst. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to God. The invitation when Jesus said this in John chapter 7 to the spiritual feast was to the thirsty and to the hungry. Was to the thirsty and to the hungry. It's the gift of God for the believer. The gift of the person of the Holy Spirit. It's for you. It's for you. All you have to do is yield yourself. All you have to do is yield yourself. Well, well, how do I do that? It's just you just surrender to the Lord. Just surrender all your faculties to the Lord and just have him have his way. Amen. Just when you come before the Lord, you say, Father, I thank you. I trust your word. I believe in your word. And I'm thirsty for you. I'm hungry for you. I, I want that gift. I want to be filled. Do it on me, unto me, Lord, today in the mighty name of Jesus. Fill me. And then you know what you do? You begin to thank him. You begin to thank him. You begin to praise him. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, when you begin to praise the Lord, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, uh, realize that the, the Spirit of God begins to overtake you. And you're going to go from praising the Lord to praising the Lord in your heavenly language. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I want you to stand up right now. And we're just going to thank the Lord. And I want you to open up your mouth and I want you to thank him right now.